Good morning, welcome to NUFC Matters with myself and Super Mac today. I uh, had to do it slightly earlier because I'm uh, out tonight. Uh, Gibbo's on his way back from a, a journey uh, to a different part of the country. So just me and Malcolm this morning. So if you've got any questions for Malcolm, get them in and we'll uh, endeavour to get through as many as we can in the next hour. Morning, Malcolm. Hi, Steve. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Great to see you. And uh, the beauty of doing earlier shows is that we can get people from different parts of the world who usually have to play catch-up. So Nick C, good morning from Australia. Uh, Nick, uh, he says, ASM is our only saleable asset with Murphy, Fraser, Richie, Manquillo, Lascelles and Lewis all too hard to move at a price that works. ASM needs to be moved on. Malcolm, that's quite a uh, statement for the first person in the chat this morning. Yeah, I'm intrigued where he says ASM is their only saleable asset. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he's saying he needs to be moved on. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always somebody that will, that, will pay, that will pay a certain sum for the likes of, certainly Murphy. Um, Fraser, questionable. Richie, his age is against him now, I think, although he still does a good job. Um, uh, uh, Manquio will always fetch a, a, a fee. Um, Lascelles, I don't know about Lewis, uh, it really hasn't worked out for him at all. Um, but it, it, it's always it's always a question of finding the right level for these people, um, and and, um, and, the, and the market predicts anyway that situation. It, that uh, if it if you let it be known that these players are available, then you see where where the where the interest comes from, which divisions, um, and uh, and I I certainly could see uh, you know there's a story this morning about um, Nottingham Forest. They're very interested in Wood. Um, and it would be a good move for him, <clears throat> I'm sure. Um, you know, but he's he's not he's not really cut the ice at all, has he? Um, at uh, at this level. So, but but of course, you know, then Forest, same division, they they show an interest. It's interesting, um, that move, isn't it? I mean, Tom Dixon saying, what's your thoughts on Chris Wood going to Forest on loan? Nothing confirmed yet, but we'll let the believer that it's an advanced stage. Talks have definitely mm. happened. And as you say, Chris Wood, you know, for, look, work rate, um, et cetera, uh, you know, has been exceptional at certain periods. At other times, he's fluffed his lines. You know, we just need to look yeah. at the Leeds, the, the Leeds game and the FA Cup game in particular, where, you know, he had, mm. you know, you know, guilt-ed chances, which any striker should finish, and unfortunately put them into row Z. So it's a good move for it's a good move for Chris Wood, I would imagine. Um, uh, the thing but I would also say though, Steve, there has to be somebody coming in, Mal. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. That they must be on the verge of bringing somebody in, and that they know that the deal is done for them to then let Chris Wood go, um, and so. Uh, It'll be interesting ju- to see just who that is. Yeah, I mean, be, you know, do you think they'll go for experience? Do you think they'll go for you? I mean, they've got they've got Callum Wilson, of course. They've got Isaac, who's not an out and out striker, but certainly a forward player. Um, do you think they'll go for a, a, a younger player? I think they'll go for somebody who scores goals, mm-hmm. whether that's a younger player or whether it's. Um, or whether it's a more experienced player, it, the first criteria always with a forward is, does he score goals? If so, bring him in. Um, you know, but, but of course, you know, the, we, we found with, with Chris Wood um, that, uh, that he wasn't a regular goal scorer. And so it it made a lot of games very difficult when when he was in the side. Um, it puts a lot of pressure on the back four, um, and uh, and the the midfield has to become a lot more inventive, a lot more adventurous, um, uh, because they've got to go and do somebody else's job. Um, mm-hmm. So 
I think that what Newcastle will be looking at is somebody who does the job, scores goals, makes goals. It'll cost a lot of money, though. Yeah, yeah, you can't find them easily. Uh, that's for certain. The other situation developing is uh, the goalkeeping situation. Carrius now it's been announced, has signed a new deal. Uh, Chipper says, do you think that means that Darlow will be sold, Malcolm? Well, somebody, somebody must go, I suppose, because um, that's that's four um, four goalkeepers all all sort of vying for the number two spot behind Pope. Uh, rather three with Pope. That's four in all. Um, but there's also another goalkeeper at the club, isn't there? whose name escapes me. Mark Gillespie. Um, yes, Gillespie. Thank you. So somebody will have to go if if, there's, if they've signed a, uh, a new deal with Carriers. So, uh, yeah, I would imagine that it, it would be Darlow. Um, uh, well, could it be the other fella? He's come back from Man United. Dubravka. Dubravka. Yeah, he's come back from Man United. Um, so, and, and, and he, and he played in that, uh, in the FA Cup match, didn't mm. he? So, uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. We, we'll get to find out just how, um, how the manager sees the order. Uh, we know that Pope's won, but, uh, but who does he see as two? Yeah, interesting. Uh, as you say, that will develop throughout the uh, the season. Stephen Kennedy, good morning to you. He says, uh, if you discuss the two penalty decisions in the Fulham game, can you tell me how there's a chance of a second appeal? He said, if the ref thinks that Dan Byrne was simulation, the player throws himself down, uses his arm to control the ball, gets up and carries on. Handball, surely. Free kick, end of story. Yeah, the Malcolm McDonald derby uh, was a great result for Newcastle, uh, but it yeah. certainly it certainly threw up a couple of controversial decisions, didn't it? It yes, it, it did. Um, I, I I felt that um, what Dan Byrne was doing um, was certainly very risky because he was he was getting a, a hand across the front of of the player. Um, albeit the referee gave nothing because it was deemed, I think, that that the player went down so easily. It was almost as if, uh, don't touch me, otherwise I'm just going to go down. Um, and, and that is not a penalty. Um, the, uh, uh, so I, I thought that he handled that particular inc incident very well indeed. Um, where he just let the game proceed um, without make, having to make a decision. Um, and sometimes that's a great decision, making no decision at all. Um, but uh, I, I personally didn't think that, uh, that, 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 that what was given as a penalty, the, the Trippier tackle, <coughs> I... I personally didn't think it was a foul at all. And I thought that fellow went down and I wasn't even sure whether he was actually in the box. Trippier might have had a foot in the box, but I I, I really wasn't convinced that the, um, the opponent was in the box to get a penalty. But um, well done the referee, though, for... Uh, <laughs> for taking notice of uh, Nick Pope. And, uh, what, um, it, was a, it was a real strange one. I've seen something similar only once before, and it was a long, long time ago. It was when I was a young teenager, I think. Um, yeah, very strange. Yeah, it, I don't know whether he just truly slipped or whether he was acting the prat which we've seen him do many, many times at St. James Park, many times, um, you know, and it might, it might have gone down well with certain sections of the crowd, but uh, 
once a prat, always a prat, I say. Definitely, yeah, definitely seemed to slip. But yeah, I mean, it was. I remember uh, it was a Bolo Zenden, I think, in Middlesbrough as well, did one, um, which I think many people had mentioned on uh, on the social media timelines after the game that that was another one. But yeah, I mean, very rare that that happens. But well played for mm-hmm. Nick Paul for bringing it to the referee's attention, and of course, uh, and the referee it, reacting in the way that he did. Exactly, and again, and, it, and again, it it gave Newcastle that impetus uh, to go on. You know, that's the kind of controversial decision or thing that lifts St James's Park's crowd and creates that extra atmosphere, which becomes the twelfth man, which you know, ultimately the team responded to. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, it 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 did. It was a it was a kick up the bum. Yeah, I think for them, um, and and they reacted exceedingly well. Isaac, of course, came on, and uh, I thought he looked good. It he looked um, he looked just a little bit um, stiff-legged just for the first few minutes, but then he seemed to warm up and liven up, um, and uh, and and really started going with it, going for it rather. Um, but I think also, for the first time, uh, Wilson, Callum Wilson, found himself in the situation where he's on the dead ball line mm-hmm. and he's got to knock the ball across and, and for once, somebody was making the run into the six-yard box and, and that made his mind up what to do. Um, time and again, I, I have seen players that when they need to be going into the six-yard box, they're only just entering the penalty area. Um, and that, and, and so their timing is way off. Um, but um, Isaac made up for that. And, uh, and I thought it was a, a, it, it was, it was a terrifically organised goal by the two of them. Um, and, uh, and it's, and it'll do the, um, when a player's been out for a long time with injury, to score in the first few minutes of, of coming on, um, and particularly for it to be such an important goal, a winning goal, um, that will oh, just absolutely boost the fella's confidence. It really will. And I think it will boost the belief that all the other players have in him as well. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, Keith Moore says, wouldn't Forrest go together? Yes, they do. Keith, uh, the tricky trees. <laughs> uh, uh, breaking, breaking news as well, uh, just in the last hour, that Danny Ings uh, have, has gone to West Ham uh, for £15 million uh, from Aston Villa. Um, He's gone, gone to West Ham? Gone to West Ham, yeah, for £15 million. Oh, that is not a good move, the state yeah. that West Ham's in at the moment. Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? It's, it's one, oh, of yes. one of desperation. Yes, very strange. And fifteen million you know, pound. The, the Villa's on the up, West Ham's on the down, and and you go from the up to the down. I, I don't, I don't make any sense yeah. out of that at all. No, me, me neither. Um, yeah, no official line from Forrest. I have checked uh, with regards to Chris Wood. A few fake accounts putting it out there. I'm afraid, but uh, the official account, which has uh, just just for those who are on social media, over 572,000 followers. Uh, keep an eye on that one. That's the one where you will be able to find out whether uh, Newcastle's Chris Wood is going down there. Uh, Moncoco at 18 would be excellent, but he is, uh, is he first team standard, says David. And I mean, is he is he 18, David? I think is the other thing. There's a lot of rumours flying around that he may well be slightly older. Um, but, you know, again, that's just allegations and rumours. Um yeah, yeah, it has been announced on a fake account, Jimmy. Would you have wanted Danny Ings, Malcolm? West Ham uh, have signed him. I mean, nah, not for me. Newcastle are no. beyond beyond those kind of crazy signings, no, no, like Shefty no. Coochie in now. Yeah, if 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 we are looking for uh, um, uh, to get into the Champions League, um, our standards have got to rise dramatically. You know, it, and even recent signings are not going to be good enough in 12 to 15 months' time. So, uh, yeah, all the time, improve, improve, improve. 
don't stand still. And I think that signing Ings would be standing still. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, and, and those days have gone as far as Newcastle's concerned. I don't think we'll ever be going down that route again. Certainly not under this uh, ownership anyway. Yeah, good point as well, David, that Dubravka has um, played for two teams and he can't play for three this window. So he will be staying. So it does mm-hmm. look uh, essentially as if um, you know, as, as, as if it could be Darlow who will go. Uh, John, good morning. He says, morning, Malcolm. What's your thoughts so far on Isaac? I think he's going to be capable of scoring poachers goals as well as making goals for himself. He looks some player to me. Yeah, he is. He, he certainly is. Um, it's how he's played, though, if, to, to get the very best out of him. The situation, him coming on a, a, against Fulham, was absolutely ideal. It was made for him and it was made for Wilson as well. And I think that they are going to be one hell of a pairing. Um, and uh, Wilson, he is... Very happy to play with his back to goal, but then he spins and gets gets himself into the box. He'll be always be the first man going um, attacking the um, uh, the opposing penalty area. Isaac comes that little bit later, but he he doesn't want to play with his back to goal. He wants to be facing that way all the time, so that he'll have Wilson in it in his sights, be it to head on to the right, to the left. Um, he will um, be looking all the while to to team up with, with Wilson. Um, and uh, But Wilson will always be the first going into the box. Uh, um, Isaac will be, will be the second man. So it'll be near post, far post, far post, near post all, all, all the while. Um, and yeah, I I was quite excited with what I saw in that last um, twenty minutes uh, against Fulham. And Fulham, what a good side they are! Um, except, and once again, it's happened. Not only did Newcastle keep a clean sheet, Nick Pope did not have a a, a save to make. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a save what at all that I can recall. Can you think of one, Steve? No. No, it was no. Uh, another quiet day at the office for Nick Paul. Well, it, yes, it was. Yeah, very much so. You know, and that that speaks volumes for the for the back line that they're just denying all opposing sides um, a chance at goal. Um, absolutely fabulous. It really is um, to watch, and and uh, and Fulham were so frustrated. Uh, um, and I would think that they wanted to strangle uh, Mitrovic uh, um, after cocking up in the way that he did. Yeah, definitely. Okay, get your questions in. Uh, Malcolm and I with you for another 40 minutes. Um, Mark Slaven uh, said, Dan Burns often pulling shirts. He says, not a euphorism. He says, well, look, he doesn't give more penalties away. I mean, it's, a, it's part of the game, Malcolm, isn't it? We've, we've, you know, we've seen refs and, and you know, officials clamp down on this in the past. But, you know, VAR was brought in to, to, to try and sort, you know, a lot of issues out, yeah. a lot of things out. But as often, you know... Things just get left by the wayside. There is a lot of shirt pulling, but I think it's six of one and half a dozen of the other, and most officials just tend to let it let it go unless it's really, really obvious. Yeah, um, it, when I, back when I was playing in the in the seventies, um, there was a um, it, it was it was almost like a golden rule: keep your arms down, keep your arms down. The only time that really, was when you were going up in the air and, and, of course, your arms automatically come up when you're looking to take off and, um, uh, and, and, and get up high for a header. Um, but, but, but these days, you, 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 just autom- you see a defender automatically just going um, over a shoulder and, and having a little tug on players and, and, and referees, why they put up with it, I don't know, but they, but they seem happy to do so. Um, and, and, uh, and I think that Dan Byrne, he's got to be careful. He's got to be careful. It's, uh, uh, it, it's getting a bit too obvious. And once, once you get that situation that the referee let go um, on, on the live on television, 
in the, uh, for the world to see, other referees would have been watching and they would have been thinking, hmm, we'll keep an eye on that fellow if that's what he's getting up to. And um, so uh, I think he has got to be careful. He's, he's, he needs to keep his arms down by his side as much as possible. Yeah, it's a, it's you know it's it's one of those things you get away with it, but he won't get away with it for long. Mm -hmm. So just be careful, be careful. Uh, Richard Neal says, "Can you ask Malcolm who was the best manager he ever played for and why?" <clears throat> well, I played for some really good managers, I, I have to say, but I think it's it, it's the one who makes the the biggest difference to you. You know, my first um, league manager was Bobby Robson, for heaven's sake. You know, and but uh, it, it, was, it was a difficult and unsuccessful start for him in management. Um, and it, it, although he gave me my chance um, it, uh, for a league debut, um, and, I, and I, played, um, I played half a dozen games for Bobby, um, and then he was sacked, I was dropped. Um, it was, um, it was a, it was a place and an atmosphere to get away from, and and of course Bobby went on to manage Ipswich and and was, and they 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 were absolutely brilliant. He put together a hell of a side, um, and, uh, and and of course they they won the FA Cup, um, and it <laughs> and it was against Arsenal. By the time I had moved on and I was in the Arsenal side and, and, and Ipswich were absolutely brilliant that day. One of the best team performances I've ever witnessed. Um, <clears throat> but, um, but the manager who was best for me was, was the next manager that I went to. Um, it was Alex Stock at, at Luton Town. And, and, and when I say that he was the best for me, uh, I'm not denigrating any any other manager that, that, that I've worked with um, at all. It was just that I was in in a, a, a huge need of a of a major boost, um, having got away from the from from the poisonous atmosphere that there was at Craven Cottage, um, and and I needed somebody just to totally believe in me and um, that's exactly what Alex Stock did although he didn't make it easy um, and, uh, um, uh, uh, and I shall always remember um, that he gave me a target right at the right, right from the word go some people I think are frightened if they're given targets it <laughs> It certainly gave me the collie wobbles, I have to say, um, to start with. But once I got into it, I was uh, um, a target didn't worry me in the slightest, and I was happy to to give myself serious targets. What I found with Alex Stock, what he what he taught me was that that you can go out and score a goal here and there. And you can, you can think that you're doing terrific. But the thing with him was, was you push yourself to the absolute limit. If you get one, you get hungrier for the second. If you score a second, you get hungrier to get your hat trick. And all the time, instead of it, instead of a goal satisfying you, it made you hungrier. Um, and, and so one is never enough, two is never enough. Um, and he, he gave me a target. When I first joined Luton, we were playing in the third division. He gave me a target of 30 goals. And even the other players, and remember, I'd only played six um, league games and he's given me this target of 30 goals and I could tell by the reaction of, of the other players that oh, um, I've been given a mountain to climb 
And anyway, I got stuck into it. And I got to the end of the season and, um, and, and we got promotion, which was what we were aiming at. Um, we, we were at Mansfield. And, um, uh, and so I, the, the directors had sent down a couple of bottles of champagne with us having got promotion. Um, sent the champagne down into the dressing room. So I went and got two little plastic cups and I put a bit of champagne in each. And, and I, I went across to Alex Stock and I, I gave him one of the plastic cups and I lifted mine and I said, well, here's to you, boss. Um, you said that we could get promotion. You told us how to get promotion and we've done it. So well done to you. Um, I said, but I've got an apology to make. And he said, uh, what's that old son? I said, um, well, you gave me a target of 30 goals and I'm afraid that I didn't quite get there. I only got 29. And his response to me was, well, you see, old son, there are those who, when given a target, get it smack on. There are those others who can, who go for broke and, and they go on and on and on and they get way above the target that's been given them. And then he looked at me and he said, and then there are people like you. And he handed me back the champagne and he just left me stood in the middle of the dressing room holding his champagne and he walked away. And I thought, and then there are people like you. Mm. There won't be any more of that. And, and, and so uh, come the end of the following season, I had actually scored um, 31. And I got a hat-trick in the last game. I, I knew that I would be leaving Luton because we didn't get promotion and they needed money um, into the club. Um, so um, at, at the end, I, there was no champagne after the last game. And I, I, and I went and um, got uh, uh, two cups of tea and I gave one to, to Alex Dock. And I said, well, boss, uh, I said, um, uh, I said, uh, the first goal tonight um, was my, um, was my 30th. I said, so, I got, your, I got the target uh, of 30 goals for the season. I said, the, um, the second one, I said, um, well, uh, I said, that is the one that I owed you from last season. I said, the third one I got tonight, I said, you can have that for luck. He said, you'll be needing some bloody luck where you're going, mate. <laughs> and of course... Um, Two days later, I signed for Newcastle. <laughs> um, but it, it, I'm sort of praising um, the way that he was with people. <clears throat> I think he, he looked at people and, and worked out the best way to really G them up. Was it giving them a challenge? Was it, was it just egging them on or... Uh, what was the best way to get the best out of them? And I, and I think he hit it smack on with me <clears throat> because from there on, that 30-goal target just stuck inside of me. And I gave myself a 30-goal target every season. Um, sometimes I didn't make it, but... It, as long as you really push yourself to give everything that you've got. Um, and, and, and that was what he taught me. Um, and, and so for me, he, he set me on, um, on a serious path for a football career. Great story, Malcolm. Uh, takes us nicely uh, into the adverts. We'll be back after this. A big thank you to all our sponsors, as always. Thanks to Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 2545 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com and our website, skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks to Garden of Healing Dispensaries, CBD hemp and cannabinoid specialists. You can find them at the goHd.com. 
Thanks to Mr. Vicky's sauces, which are handmade in Cumbria. And you can find them at mrvickys.co.uk. If you want to make an order, give them a call on 01768 210102 or email info at mrvickys.co.uk. Thanks to Blowhole Breweries. You can get a selection of beers and uh, the cans are in the uh, design of the old Newcastle United entertainers strips. Blowholebrewery.co.uk. Thanks to Melly's Carpets and Beds. Laying our reputation, one recommendation at a time. The best quality around at the cheapest prices. Melly's Beds and Carpets.co.uk. Email sales at Melly's Beds and Carpets.co.uk. Or give Melly a call on 01670-632-216. And thanks to United Group Travel Limited. UK coach holidays in Morbeth, 01670-362-460 or mobile 07957-141-654. Graham, your driver, Beverly answering your calls and looking after you on your tour. Some great deals coming up there. Get yourself onto the website to check them out. Thanks also to Media Arts who uh, do all of our videos and help us with the technological side of things. And thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End, Newcastle, and the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. If you want to subscribe to the channel, then hit the subscribe button below. Hit the thumb up, which is the like button, which does us a big favour with the algorithm. And click share. Share it to Newcastle United, Facebook groups, or Twitter accounts, or your own social media to help our community grow. And if you want to join the channel, hit the join button, and for as little as $1.99 a month, you can get some members-only videos and chances to win some fantastic prizes. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and the rest. Don't forget as well that we do events through NUFC Matters. And this one is the next event coming up, Friday the 24th of February, an evening with Newcastle United legend Steve Howie. Friday the 24th of February, Tyneside Irish Centre, and tickets are available at £50 from newcastlelegends.com. If you also go on to Woucher and search for the event, you can pick up a bargain on there. Don't forget, we also support the food bank on this channel. www.nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk is where you can find the Match Day Bucket. You can make a virtual donation to the Match Day Bucket 365 days of the year to keep helping the food bank in Newcastle. Just a couple of mentions for other events. Uh, Warren Barton is over uh, next week, Friday, uh, January the 27th. He's agreed to do uh, a, a meet and greet at the Irish Centre. £10 a ticket. All proceeds going to the food bank. Uh, big thanks to Warren for jumping on board and doing that. You can get your tickets from nufcmatters.com. Uh, if you've got anything to sign, bring it along. And uh, we'll have a little Q&A, uh, just a, an hour and a half with Warren Barton. Very kind of him to do that and offer to do that. Uh, uh, an evening with Nobby Solano, 25th of March, uh, takes place at the Irish Centre. Again, £15 tickets for that at nufcmatters.com. And at the Time House Surf Cafe, where Malcolm and I have been, and a few of the other legends, Steve Watson, only 10 tickets left for this one. Uh, Steve Watson down at the Surf Cafe, uh, 2nd of March. Uh, get your tickets direct from the venue. Okay, uh, back to your questions and uh, quite a few different ones coming. Out. I always like to go for a, a slightly different question and there was one which I've highlighted just at the bottom here. Uh, Keith Moore, interesting one. Super Mac, how many times did you miss kick a ball but scored a goal anyway? Did it happen to you often, Malcolm? No, no. Um, in, in fact, I'm struggling to remember any at all um you know there, there are times where you, you 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 get a good strike on but it hits a defender maybe and uh and goes in the opposite corner to where you you meant but yeah uh, no i can't off the top of my head think of of, a, of an actual miss kick It'll be in Gibbo's book. We'll ask him next week. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if he remembers one. Yeah, yeah. One well, you'll say it wasn't. You'll say it wasn't. But we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll ask next him. week. <laughs> Billy, 
Billy, I think it's around about 7,000. I saw John answer the question in the chat. But yeah, the capacity could be increased uh, by about 7,000 in the Gallagher then. It'll be interesting to see what happens. And of course, the announcement this morning yeah. as well that Newcastle are back in the top 20 uh, richest clubs uh, list. Uh, £180 million increase in commercial revenue um, has put Newcastle back in the, uh, the top 20. Now, that's massively beneficial moving forward because that's what Newcastle need to do to, yeah. to become part of this financial fair play situation mind that's right. it'll raise the amount that they have that they have or they're allowed to spend yeah won't it? exactly how that's... quickly does it take effect with with the um fair play people well I, I, your question's as good as mine malcolm you've got chelsea going out and buying everybody and anybody mm-hmm. um yeah. giving people eight-year contracts to, i mean there's loopholes you know in everything malcolm so you know, I, I, I am going to get Kieran Maguire on the show in a couple of weeks' time to give us a bit of an insight into his views because he's he's a financial football expert. It'll be good to get mm-hmm. him on and have a, and actually ask him some of those questions that the fans want to ask, but that we want to ask as well. So, um, a couple of weeks' time, we'll get him on and we'll we'll hear what Kieran has to say. Sparky D says, "Did Malcolm play in the game of QPR where Glenn Keeley scored the best own goal I have ever seen?" Glenn Keeley was the highest own goal scorer that I've ever played with. <laughs> um, and that goal, I think he's referring to the diving header. <laughs> and there was nobody in the box other than Glenn Keeley and our goalkeeper, uh, William McFall. Um, and... And he's running back towards his own goal. No QPR players about whatsoever. And the QPR right winger has smacked across into the area. And Glenn Keeley has gone full out and dived. And his head has gone crashing into the net. I... I, I, I shall never forget the look on our goalkeeper's face. It was like, what on earth do you think you're doing? And, but he would, he would regularly do things like this. And, and the man was, he was so arrogant um, that, that there wasn't an apology from him or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, he, he uh, it, it was almost as if he, he couldn't see the wrong that he had, that he had done, and I, I and and I used to um, at times just literally shake my head at the stupidity and arrogance of the fella and some of his decision making on on the football field, and I. And I used to look at um, look across at the box and think, why on earth did you bring this fella into the club? You know, and and but he thought that he was um, he, that he was a great player. Yeah, Mick Mahoney did speak about this on the show that I did with him uh, a couple of years ago. Actually, um, yeah, so. Mick Mahoney was the keeper, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, give uh, give give that a watch uh, if you look for uh, our interviews with yes. players in the playlist. Yeah. It's well worth oh, a Mick, watch. Mick, he just couldn't believe it. He couldn't. Like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Alan's bringing it back to modern day. He says, Malcolm, which player has surprised you the most in a good way, and which player has disappointed you the most this season so far? Right. Um, <coughs> it's in it. It's an interesting question, is this? Now, personally, um, the player that has surprised me the most is Sean Longstaff. Now, I I hear a lot of people criticising him. But what they've got to take into consideration is the amount that Sean gets involved with in a game. He is top of the yardage table, which means that he runs more than any other player in the whole of the Premier League. He covers more ground and 
And so he's back, he's forward, he's back, he's forward, he's up and down all the while. And so what that means is that he gets a lot more of the ball um, than, than other players because he's, he, he's, he's just making himself available um, all of the while. And, um, and so the more ball he gets, the more mistakes he's going to make. Um, and so people say, yeah, but he makes a lot of mistakes. Yeah, but the guy is so busy in what he's doing. Um, he, you've got to look at all the good stuff that he does, and he does do great stuff. He's he's prepared. He starts he starts defending. He he starts defending um, around the edge of the. Uh, 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 um, the opponent's penalty area, and uh, and and works his socks off all the way, as as the um, as the other side advance, and then uh, um, he's he's prepared to 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 uh, um, uh, once it turns around and it's going in the other direction, he just makes it simple for players around him. He gives easy balls to them, gives looks for the guy in space all the while. And I, I think that he would that that he he would be seen in the dressing room as a joy to play with by the other Newcastle players. Um, also, that one has su surprised me to a degree uh, as well, and that's um, Willock. Um, Willock, Willock has, he's grafted more than I, I thought he was capable of, um, and so well done to those two. When you're having this kind of run that Newcastle are on, um, the defence is magnificent. But the midfield players, by heavens, they haven't a graft as well to put that extra cover in front. Um, and, and it's very effective what they do. And, and, and a lot of it is down to, um, down to those two young, um, young midfield players and uh, and of course Bruno was in the middle of of the pair of them, um, and it's a shame that uh, that he's lost now for a few weeks, um, a real shame, um, because they made one hell of a trio, so difficult to beat. They they were doing so much to alleviate problems from the back four, and uh, and it was great to watch, but it was. Phew, phew, up and down, uh, up and down, all the while, they were the, um, uh, the the work rate was absolutely phenomenal from all from all of those, uh, and and of course other players reap the rewards of all that hard graft that goes on behind. Um, so yeah, I would say that they are the two who have surprised me most of all. I think. Um, albeit uh, just about everybody has, has really impressed me. Um, uh, uh, but those two, they stand out for, for their absolute work rates. I mean, look, in a season where Newcastle have done so well, it's probably harsh to pick out somebody who has, has probably played, you know, you know, not to their strengths or badly. But, you know, I think we've we've covered it well on this show in previous in previous shows. You know, ASM and and probably Chris Wood are the two that stand out. ASM because we know there's talent in there, but. You know, you, you've often said, even when we do our talk-ins together, you know, how many goals does he score, Steve? How many assists does he provide? And yeah. Chris Wood, of course, who, you know, essentially we spent £25 million on to put the ball in the back of the net, doesn't do it frequently enough. So I'll probably answer that question for you, Mal. Mm. Yes. Um, the, uh, so Maximum, uh, he... I, don't, I, I just get the impression that he seriously believes that what he does is, is right. And I can tell him now it isn't. The game is about scoring goals. 
There are those that will score them. There are those that will make them. There will there are those that will defend them. He doesn't do anything. He actually, and that when he's on the pitch, he spends more time on the ball than any other player. And he might as well disappear up his own backside for all the good that he's actually doing. All he wants to do is, is, is keep taking defenders on to the point where he'll turn around and go back and beat him for a second time. You know, it's, it, 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 if, if, I, if I were in the Newcastle dressing room, I would be on at him, on at him, on at him all the time. Where are the crosses? Where are the shots? That's what the game of football is about. That there are those in the opposing area who get the crosses and the shots in. There are those in the defensive area who stop the opposition from getting their crosses and shots in. That's the game of football in a nutshell. ASM, he wants to do something else. And, well, he might as well disappear up his own backside for all the good that I see him doing for Newcastle United. Um, it, it's, it's not enough from him. He's got all this skill. Why doesn't he look at people like um, Messi? Messi is absolutely superb on the ball, but then how many goals has he scored? How many goals does he make? Have a look at, at uh, um, Ronaldo. How many goals does he score? How many goals does he make? You know, and he's wanting to be in that category, but he's but he's not making goals and he's not scoring goals. That's the difference. Um, and uh, and 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 he, he what one thing that he doesn't do is he doesn't mix his game up. He wants to be doing the same thing all the time, and and in the end, he he becomes quite easy to, to defend against. Um, it, it, it probably needs two guys to do it properly, but two can be very effective. But I always remember, I always remember him um, when we played Norwich and it was either last season or the season before. We played Norwich and they literally played seven across the back. Um, uh, and 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 pretty much threw the gauntlet down to Newcastle and said, right, seeing beaters. ASN kept getting the ball, and he would run from the left wing, and he'd run across, 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 across until he arrived on the right wing, having run across seven defenders, and then we saw him turn. And he'd come back and do it the other way on. And he, and, and he thought he was beating defenders. What you do to beat a defender is get the goal side of him. You don't run across and let them remain goal side. To beat a player is to get goal side of him. And then that gives the, 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 the opposition a major problem. And that's what you've got to be doing all the time, giving them major problems. ASM, people have, have worked him out. They've realised what he does, and he's not changing with that. And uh, and so he's just going to go backwards, 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 and backwards um, in 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 his um, in his level of play because he's not prepared to go forwards. He's not prepared to beat people and then uh, finish the whole thing off, cross or shot. What did you make of this question from John? He says, would you be happy if we finished the transfer window with the same squad and kept our money for the summer? Um, I, I, I see where you're coming from. I, and I, 
And I would be happy for Newcastle not to do any business in the in this winter win, window if they cannot sign a player that will make a significant difference for the better, who a player who is able to go to the next level. Um, and we have players who who they've they, they sort of they're, they're living on this level at the moment but but you you can you know that that there's going to be a struggle to get that next rung up the ladder so um and, and now the players that we've got to go for those who who are capable of going two three four rungs up the ladder you know you uh, um bruno you know that he is going to get better and better and better. It's in the nature of the fella. He's got the abilities for that. He's, and he's learning the game all the while and, and is improving all the time. Um, and, and so we need another Bruno in another position. Um, you know, it's got to be that kind of standard where it, it's going up in, in levels, going up in class all of the while. If they're not available, and they usually aren't at Christmas, it's usually, um, uh, and I don't wish to be rude to those that are, that are about to be transferred, but, but often it's panic buys at this time of the season. The, the best business is done in the summer and I will be quite happy if Newcastle um, don't bring in any new players this window and leave it till the summer. Um, and despite the fact that we, we could maybe do with, with, with one or two extra between now and the end of the season um, to come in, but... Uh, no, we'll have to make do with what we've got. Okay. Um, Mike Stewart says, I guess most people don't count this as title challengers, but who do you guys think will win it? Um, I can't see past Arsenal, Mike, I've got to be honest. Malcolm, your old club certainly leading the way and haven't faltered yet. Big game for them at the weekend against Manchester United. Seriously big, isn't it? Yeah. And Arsenal could do us a real favour um, if we we've got to ensure that we get the right result against Crystal Palace for heaven's sake, um, Saturday evening. Um, but, but Arsenal could do us a real favor. I, I really can't see them letting it slip. I should be very surprised if they do. Um, they, um, they, uh, and, uh, what a signing this Odegaard has, has been. He is absolutely fabulous to watch. His worst game was against Newcastle. And the reason for that was that Newcastle got on top of him um, and, um, and and pretty much stopped him from playing after 20 minutes, which I thought was, was brilliant on the part of, um, of, of Eddie Howe and, and all the players. Uh, Manchester City... Mm, they're not really firing. They, they've they've got one hell of a squad there, but uh, but they've just gone on a bit of a a downer, you know. And a downer for Man City is being in second place for heaven's sake. Um, so uh, yeah, I I think Arsenal um, they're what eight points ahead of of Man United, I think. Um, they're eight points ahead of Newcastle, aren't they? So seven points ahead of Man, of, uh, of Man United. Yeah, Arsenal. I think will, they will ultimately win it um, come uh, May. But if Man City were to suddenly reboot themselves and uh, and come flying, well, who knows? But it's going to be a real. Interesting run in, that's for sure. A very interesting run in. 
and of and of course we'll we'll be um, we're all uh, uh, looking so carefully at the whole situation. A, can we get into Europe? B, can we even get into the Champions League? You know, these are these are massive steps for a club that uh, uh, that hasn't played in Europe for what what couple of decades. Um, so, yeah, very exciting, very exciting all round. I think. Yeah, very exciting indeed. Okay, Newcastle United travel to London uh, at the weekend. They're in action on Saturday night. Uh, take on Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park. 5.30 kickoff. The game's live on Sky Sports. All 2,700 away tickets have now been sold. Uh, early uh, for team news, but we still know the Chelsea and Target's still out. Uh, Bruno and Elliot Anderson. Um, news will come from Eddie Howe at the press conference. Uh, tomorrow, it's not expected that Bruno is going to feature, uh, but luckily uh, the injury didn't look as bad as first thought. Early team news for Crystal Palace, well, James MacArthur and Nathan Ferguson are both unavailable and uh, Joshua Anderson is also sidelined. Uh, Crystal Palace played Manchester United uh, last night, uh, managed to grab a 1-1 draw with a late equaliser. Uh, that Ended a run of three losses in all competitions for uh, Crystal Palace. Uh, at Selhurst Park this season, Palace have won four, drawn two and lost four. Uh, 16 goals conceded in 10 games is a Premier League high. Uh, that's along with Southampton. They've just kept one clean sheet in that period. The referee is Craig Pawson, which is his third game looking after Newcastle United this season. That follows on from the 1-1 draw with Bournemouth and the 0-0 draw with Manchester United. VAR is Jared Gillette. And uh, we will be looking a little bit more in depth on the Amigos on Friday uh, with our usual contributions from Scunny Mag and from Toon Stato. So, Malcolm, you've already mentioned this. It's a big game uh, for Newcastle United this uh, Crystal Palace, uh, you know, no mugs, but uh, again, a game where Newcastle hopefully will be looking to get something out of. I think so, yes. Um, I, I think um, there are goals to be had against um, against Crystal Palace. I, uh, I, I, I found the I found the, the the Man United attack a bit a, a bit weak and a bit frail. Um, in all honesty, um, last night. And uh, but Palace, mm, they knock it around quite nicely, but 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 they really don't have any punch at all up front, and I think that's that's ideal for Newcastle. And that Newcastle, of course, will be looking at uh, at two or three nights um, following uh, when uh, when when they play Southampton. Um, They've got the first leg of the uh, semi-final of the League Cup, and and so these two games they are they are absolutely huge for this club. You know that it both games are, are make and break um, games. They can make or break the season for Newcastle, and uh, you know we uh, uh, um, and I, I think. With the Southampton game in particular, that if Newcastle come away with a one-nil defeat, that will be a great result. Be quite happy with that. A draw, even better. But obviously, if if they win, fantastic. But I always remember in the in the League Cup semi-final back in 1976, <clears throat> we went to White Hart Lane. We played uh, Tottenham Hotspur, and. And coming back, it was after, um, after a 1-0 defeat. Steve, I can't tell you how confident we were. We were so confident that we can overcome that, uh, that one goal lead that, that Spurs had. Um, and sure enough, we did. We finished up winning um, 3-1. Um, and, and it, it, it was... Uh, um, and it was a hell of a performance that we put on, um, and and we really gave them a, a right old spanking at St James Park. That kind of mood exists now. I'm seeing it at St James Park. I'm seeing it um, throughout the black and white um, 
players. And, uh, and so, uh, yeah, I think that this is, that, that gone are the days when it would all suddenly blow up in, the, in Newcastle's face. I think it's all now so, so professionally um, organised by Eddie Howe and that the players are absolutely focused on what needs to be done. And I think that uh, uh, certainly we can go back into third place by winning at Palace. What an incentive that is. Um, and, and of course, let's get to Wembley. Quick prediction for both games and Mal, because we won't be back until next Thursday. So, Crystal Palace away. Okay. First of all. Crystal Palace, I, um, I will take Newcastle to win 1-0. And Southampton, I am going to go for 0-0. Uh, um, Okay, great stuff, Mal. As always, absolute pleasure to share the screen with you. Look forward to seeing you next week with our uh, mate back in tandem, uh, Gibbo. Uh, have a good weekend, Malcolm. Take care. All right, and you, Steve. Yes, let's enjoy the Paris right. match. Bye-bye.